Hello and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Switch. We've been on a little bit of a break as the Northern Hemisphere summer holidays are in full swing. We're still freezing here down south, waiting for our season to start. But there's already been lots of news. England hosting Sri Lanka and they've been challenged by a side that I would say disappointed at the T20 World Cup for the most part, but seems to have come back really nice and strongly, winning their first ever T20 international against England. A Chamari Atapatu led Sri Lankan side. We're joined by Valkyrie Baines, who's going to tell us. Valks, do you think that's a little bit of a, a wake-up call for England, that the landscape is changing? Yeah, potentially. I mean, that was a really historic win um, for Sri Lanka, as you say, their first in T20 eyes against England. Um, England won the first T20 uh it was a rain-affected match, but they were flying. Um, Alice Capsi's, um half-century had them in, in really good uh, shape and then um, they ended up winning by 12 runs uh, on Duckworth, Lewis Stern. But, um, but, yeah, they were in control of that match. And then Sri Lanka ended up winning that second one by eight wickets with 40 balls to spare. They bowled England out for 104. So, yeah, a little bit of a wake-up call for them. England have got a bit of a new-look side, um, a combination of forced and... Uh, Force changes and changes by design. Um, they've rested a couple of uh, leading players. Uh, Sophia Dunkley's missing the entire tour by Sri Lanka and Natsiva Brunt's missing the um, T20 section of it. And then um, we've got Lauren Bells out with illness and Sophie Eccleston through injury, although Sophie Eccleston was going to be rested from it anyway. So they brought in um, a, a few new players, I think, to have a look at um, with a view to, to future planning, but um, take absolutely nothing away from Sri Lanka. They played really, really well in that second match. And I spoke to Sarah Glenn yesterday. Uh, she's uh, a Derby local and, and that's where the, the next game um, is to be played. And, and she was sort of uh, talking about how they just didn't execute uh, particularly well in that second game. So, um, you know, looking to rectify that going into the, the final match and also um, the one day as there's three one day matches to follow this. But um, as you mentioned, Chamari Atapatu, she was pivotal in that uh, that victory by Sri Lanka, 55 off 31 balls and a wicket conceding just 11 runs um she's going to be a danger in the one day is coming up as well i mean she's the number two ranked batter uh in that format she scored an 80 not out against new zealand in a t20 international in july but then in the one day leg of that tour by sri lanka uh, by new zealand in sri lanka she scored 140 not out and 108 not out so she is in fantastic touch but um no franchise contract for her what do you make of that yeah, really strange and unfortunate. I mean, she's having an absolutely amazing year. And even though some of the numbers are in one-day cricket and we know that the franchise leagues are T20 format, we can see that she can translate that. She's probably one of the biggest hitters in the women's game. She's spoken to us previously about how the shot that she loves the most is the six-over extra cover, which we know is one of the hardest shots to play in the game, actually. And she can execute it. I mean, I'm sure it's not easy, but uh, she seems to be able to execute it fairly regularly. And I was quite surprised. She was in the platinum section of the WBBL draft. It's the same section that Marizan Cup was in, for example, Shabnam Ismail as well. Both of them got picked up, along with a whole host of English players. But uh, no no takers for Chamari Atapatu. And I mean, it may be a symptom of, of people having a lot of opening batters already around in their squads who they feel they can trust with the work. 
But it's also not the first time that she's been overlooked. She didn't pick up a WPL deal either earlier this year. And that auction took place just after Sri Lanka had beaten South Africa in the T20 World Cup opener, where she was the star performer. So she wasn't picked up there. Of course, the Indian batters we know, the opening batters are very strong. She hasn't played in the 100. She's not part of the CPL. We've seen bits and bobs of her in fair break. But you feel as though she's got to get a break at some point. I mean, she's in her 30s, so I don't know how many more years she'll keep going for. She indicated that she'd certainly like to play the next T20 World Cup and possibly the 50-over World Cup after that. But this would really be the time in her career, and we speak about this so much in the men's game, when they get to this time of their careers, it's about capitalizing on what they've got left, making as much money as they can, because we know their careers are short. And also, it's kind of like a little reward, you know, a little, you know, you've done your, your bit for the international game, and now you can go and enjoy the franchise leagues, a bit less pressure. We know Chamari's carried that Sri Lankan side for so long, something where she can just free up, play her own game and earn some good cash. And I really hope that she does get picked up somewhere along the way. Uh, Valks, I know Sophie Eccleston would have wanted to be part of that draw. She's had surgery on her shoulder and she's not going to be part of the, of the BBL, WBBL. But also, what does this mean for her longer career? And do you think she'd have been really disappointed to miss out? Yeah, so as I say, she was um, not due to play against Sri Lanka anyhow, but this uh, this freak injury happened and, and uh, you know, now going forward, it's sort of where is she at? Fortunately, it's her non-bowling arm. So she was uh, doing the warm-ups, playing for Manchester Regionals um, ahead of their match against Southern Brave and um, ended up dislocating her right shoulder and had to undergo surgery for that. Um, we got word from the ECB yesterday uh, just confirming that she'd had the surgery and that she's now about to embark on a, a rehab program um, with, with them and, and originals and, and just sort of there's no indication yet as to how long that's going to take. Um, like I say, it's a non-bowling arm, so hopefully, you know, not implications, you know, for, for that going forward. But still, it'll mean time out of the game. It'll mean a process of, of rehab. And it's just a question at this stage as to how long that will, will take. But, um, yeah, we can, we can only hope very much that she'll bounce back as good as ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's such a key player and would have been such a great addition, especially as it was the Sri Lankan spinners who seemed to have done most of the damage when they dismissed England for that total of 104. But great to see Sri Lanka coming up in the women's game, putting on some good performances. The development of the Sri Lankan team is particularly important because they are conditionally slated to host an ICC tournament in 2026. And that is dependent on them qualifying. It's a T20 World Cup the same as the one that will be hosted in Bangladesh next year and, of course, the one that South Africa hosted earlier this year. So we really want to see Sri Lanka in and among the top seven, eight, possibly ten teams and hopefully that will that will keep expanding. And it's also quite nice to see that a lot of the teams we saw at the World Cup who maybe were not as competitive as we expected them to be, a team like Pakistan, for example, are now pushing the big three or four. Pakistan have just whitewashed South Africa 3-0 in a T20 series. Uh, were you able to keep a, a little eye on the results between your summer holiday? Yes, indeed. And I um, I did want to uh, ask you about that as well because I no, know you've been keeping very close tabs on it. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really great series by, by the looks of it. I mean, not only did um, Pakistan sweep South Africa for the first time, but they twice achieved their high successful run chase in two games. So, you know, really achieving there and then in the third match um 
they bowled South Africa out for 144. So um, it, it looks like good signs for them. Uh, I know Aliyah Riaz looked good for them, um, but also uh, you got the chance to catch up with their captain, Nita Dar. Can you tell us a little bit about what she had to say? Yes, she was super excited. It's her first series as captain after Bisma Maruf stepped down. And when we started our conversation, she had in the background uh, the Asia Cup game between Pakistan and Nepal. She's absolutely cricket obsessed. She watches everything that she can watch. She's always on, always talking about it. One of those kind of pioneers of the women's game who grew up playing with boys, didn't really see a lot of role models around her and was still able to make a career out of cricket. She spoke really nicely to us about the support that she's had from a lot of the male members of her family and the cultural significance of cricket in Pakistan. So let's have a listen to what she had to say. Today I'm joined by a really special guest, the new Pakistan women's captain, Nida Da, on the eve of Pakistan's series against South Africa. Nida, thank you so much for joining us. We love having guests and we're very excited to celebrate your achievement as the newly appointed captain. How are you feeling and, and what what does this mean to you? Oh, thank you for everything. I, uh, uh, it is so amazing for me and definitely um, I wish to have a lead, to lead Pakistan as a captain and it is a very, very nice achievement as well. Uh, I'm captaining first time in Pakistan and again South Africa. And another one more thing that I'm uh, we are playing on the on the ground with what I actually I played very first time, I will play very first time, so it will be a great amazing um, uh, you know uh, series for me as well, and I'm super excited for the series. And you know South Africa is coming very first time in Pakistan, so we want to give them a very good challenge here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't realize that you it's a ground of such significance for you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your early kind of cricketing days and, and how you came to play there and, and how you've sort of progressed? I mean, you've been around quite a long time. Uh, yeah, we haven't, uh, we haven't uh, played any cricket since uh, six months, last six months. Uh, we have only played uh, three exhibition matches for uh, Women's League. And um, other than we have, we were in get in touch uh, for uh, in camps and, you know, we have trained a lot and we have camps and matches against boys as well. But... Uh, still, we are working on uh, our skills and on our fitness as well. So, you know, um, and a lot of girls are coming up and uh, a lot of young talent, they are in, in the Pakistan team now. So I'm ca- quite happy with the performances and quite happy with the uh, preparation we have done already. And um, it will be a great fun against South Africa. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, you, you spoke about this long break from cricket. Obviously, the captaincy changed in that time. And um, how did it come about? W- were you approached? Is it something you really wanted? Or kind of what were the discussions around you taking over? Uh, look, it's uh, from PCB. It's not from my side. Uh, they uh, give me the opportunity and just I take it. And um, I always wanted to lead Pakistan. Another thing is, and um, yes, uh, I always actually represent Pakistan as a leader. And I want that as um, as much as I can do for Pakistan as well. So I think so for me, it is um, it is a uh, added responsibility as well uh, for Captain Pakistan. And I'm, I'm sure I will enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. What a what a wonderful thing to to lead your country. And um, I guess you're starting almost fresh, I suppose, after this long break. Um, 
the T20 World Cup maybe didn't go as well as you would have hoped. Um, how did you enjoy it, first of all? And, and what did you take from that experience? Uh, look, it's a lot of learnings uh, from World Cup. And as you know, we, we are working on our um, scales and what we actually lacking in. But uh, still, um, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm very confident uh, about my girls because they are working really, very hard and uh, they wanted to win the series. And um, uh, definitely they have uh, showed the potential every time. And we had a domestic season, uh, which I missed because of my mother's, you know, have passed away. But uh, still, I'm I'm pretty sure that they are they are so confident against the South Africa. And uh, the thing is, Asian Games are coming up after South South Africa uh, series. So we have um, almost um, seventeen ODIs and uh, almost seventeen T20s of fifteen ODI uh, fifteen ODIs coming up. So we are really preparing very hard, and girls are really looking good. Yeah, and, and you mentioned I mean the learnings from the T20 World Cup, but you also had some real moments to celebrate. Uh, Muniba Ali with, with the century, I think, was the standout. D- did something else sort of strike you as as really worth being joyous about? Uh, look, we have uh, some uh, new youngsters players in Pakistan and they have uh, showed the potential and definitely they we've, we are working on it as well. So the energy of the team, it, it was quite, uh, it was very well, very, very good. And I'm pretty sure that they will show the energy as well and intent the, of playing cricket. You know, the, now we, we need to uh, change the intent. Uh, uh, everyone is playing ag- aggressively around the world. So I guess the intent was very good. And I think so they will show against uh, another series, inshallah. Yeah, you speak about this aggressive style of play. Uh, we've seen it in the batting a lot with, you know, high strike rates, lots of boundaries. Is that what you will, you'll be wanting from the players? Do, do you want them to bat in that way? Definitely. Look, everyone is asking about strike rates uh, to go up, and definitely uh, uh, we need to we need to grow up like this. And uh, I think so. We are uh, moving on a very good direction right now, and uh, inshallah, we will g- give results um, this in this series. Inshallah. Yeah, and I guess that's a, a bit of a warning for the bowlers who are are going to have to come up against uh, you know batters who really want to get going. Um, you know, Pakistan is, is known for its skill in, in the bowling, um, whether that's the fast bowling or the spinners. How would you describe the makeup of your attack now and, and the players you've got at your disposal? I think so. We have very good attack from uh, Fatma Sana and Diana Beg, but we another have we we, uh, we have another uh, fast bowler Vahid Akhtar right now. And uh, I think we are very, we're working on our uh, fast uh, bowling attack as well. And we have a lot of spinners in Pakistan. So altogether, we have a very good combination right now. And I'm thinking about, uh, because we have T20 and one day's format differently now. So we, we have different teams now. So uh, it's pretty good that we have that talent that we can pick uh, from uh, pick for T20s and one days as well. So um, I'm pretty sure and I'm very, very happy if, uh, for that, that uh, PCB has, uh, you know, put, um, potential, PC have, PCB have uh, invested a lot of things now in, in uh, women's cricket. So, uh, and our pool is quite big now. So it's sometimes very hard to pick uh, girls of forty twenties and one days because they are all always suitable for every format. Uh, we're still, um, yes, we, we have um, a lot of potential here. And inshallah, we will we'll work for that again. Yeah, let's talk about that depth because it's not something every team has. You know, it's women's cricket is still developing in so many parts of the world. Um, where is it coming from? And are, are young girls really encouraged 
to go and play cricket in Pakistan. Definitely, it's a, it's a change a lot because uh, now the matches are televised and live streamed as well. So it's a lot of interest in women's cricket uh, coming from the girls and especially from the parents as well. And they are looking up to, you know, uh, some girls who are there in the who inspired girls as well. And now uh, we have we had uh, seven regions trials and a lot of youngsters girls they are coming up and like 12, 13 years old. And uh, we have seen a lot of potential now. And that's that will be a that will be a thing we want to always grow grow the girl, grow the girl side and and you know uh, hunt the talent always and now we have uh, we are coming up uh, uh, women's league as well so it will be definitely very uh, great initiative from PCB as well and I'm very happy that we have bunch of cricketers now in Pakistan. Yeah, I mean, is that different to when when you were coming up? I mean, you've been around. For, for quite a long time. And do you remember when you were starting to play, were there lots of girls around? Uh, I, I remember um, I, 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 didn't any, I didn't play any with, with the girls. I, I always play with boys. So I never seen any girl play uh, cricket. And especially in my area, uh, there, there are a lot of people who actually don't want to play cricket, uh, especially for the girls. But still, um, now I'm, I'm I'm watching everyone who actually wanted to play cricket in Pakistan, especially in girls and youngsters. They are coming up, so I'm quite happy that the, the when I started and now I'm I'm watching everyone is playing. So it's quite uh, you know different, and I'm very happy to watch everyone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you mentioned not playing with girls yourself, and I imagine there's also a cultural kind of hesitance for for cricket. Um, has that changed? Do you see people of your parents' generation who are happy to see their daughters play cricket? Look, my my father was also a uh, you know first class player, and he always wanted me to play cricket. But uh, still, there there are a hell of people now. They actually changed their you know mentality, and uh, uh, things already have changed. So I'm quite happy that they understand that women can play um, as well. So it's a healthy activity and healthy sports. And I think so everyone should be very interested in not in only cricket, but in sports. Uh, girls should be playing sports in any way, in any way. Yeah, and, and I know you've just um, had the passing of your mother and, and please accept our condolences on that. Um, did, did your parents watch you play a lot? And I'm sure she would be extremely proud of you. My father was... Uh, <laughs> My father was actually always there behind my back, and I think so. He enjoyed my game when I went for for match uh, with the boys and playing with the boys. And my brother was there always, and he always supported me. Always um, telling me that you were the only uh, girl I'm playing like this who is actually played very well. So his support is always there, and. Um, I've really enjoyed his uh, his tips as well. He always uh, giving me some uh, tips as well that you have to do this and um, and do this. But um, I really miss him. Uh, even when he, when he was watching my match um, again, any against any team, he always saying me, "Look, uh, you're the only person in the in the in the team who, who can win the game." So um, it it is always in my mind um, that um, uh, if I play well, then team will will win, inshallah. So uh, it was amazing always uh, that he always praised me and always backing me and I think so it should be um, it should be from everyone uh, from every parent to 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 their daughter their son to give the you know tab on the shoulder and say look you're the best in the team. <laughs> I mean, and you have been the best in the team for, for a long time. So this sounds like a lot of added um, 
responsibility. You know, you, you've got a role to play with the bat, with the ball, and now also as a leader. Have you thought about how you'll manage uh, all aspects of your game and, and what type of leader you're going to be? Uh, my first priority is to uh, to reunite the team and as a group we should move forward in a single di- in a one direction I guess and um, what I'm doing I'm I'm doing when I when I have I have my I have ball I I should ball very well and when I got bad in it I should bat very well this is the responsibility but I I think so now as a team we move forward and uh, uh, not repeatedly uh, taking the mistakes and uh, definitely. Um, as a leader, uh, everyone wants everyone wants want to win, and uh, that's it. And I guess uh, we should uh, believe on our process and uh, don't repeat the mistakes. Yeah, and you've got sort of almost a year to build up to the next T Twenty World Cup. So you know that that's maybe a little bit uh, of a longer term goal. But the ODI is very important for the the World Cup qualification. Do you feel like those are the games that are the most important to focus on right now? Yeah, girls are on a very good uh, nick, I guess, and and they're developing themselves very well. And um, I'm um, very much sure that and very much confident in my girls. They are looking looking up uh, this series as well. So um, I'm confident uh, about ODIs because it's very you know it's it's important as well and important for the girls as well. Yeah, and you'll be playing your hundredth match uh, in this series, which is. Uh... Oh, you didn't even know that. You didn't even know that it will be your 100. I'm sorry, I never count my matches. I just uh, go one by one. Uh, hopefully, it will be good. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 100 ODIs is, is an amazing feat. Um, have you got a favorite over all the years? Is there a match that really stands out for you? Uh, well, I have uh, some moments... Uh, I do remember, and um, against uh, India, I played very well against Indonesia Cup as well, and uh, uh, I have made the uh, fastest fifty against South Africa. So, and um, I have a lot of uh, moments, but mostly I remember against India's. Uh, yeah, I was I was the um, I was uh, player of the match in 2013 in World Cup, first time Pakistan win against Indian T20s. So I remember a lot of moments, but um, still, I, I do remember uh, the performances against India. Yeah, and I guess that's your big rival and you will meet them at the Asia Cup. Um, how important is the Asia Cup for, for the development of cricket? Because it's almost an additional tournament that some of the other women's teams don't get to participate in. Yeah, the teams get uh, hundreds and the other teams have, uh, you know, test matches as well. So we have Asia Cup, but uh, it is, a you know, uh, we really enjoyed Asia Cup every time and it should be, uh, it should be, uh, you know, enjoyable. And I guess um, every time we play every series, uh, we just enjoy it. And uh, the chance of how uh, the chances how much we actually we want to take a lot of chances to play cricket and, you know, the opportunities we have uh, um, right now, but uh, still we are working on it, and um, girls will enjoy the different opportunities and playing against uh, different nations. So definitely, it would be a good side. Yeah, you, you just mentioned Test cricket for women, and it's a debate we've had on the show quite a bit because women don't play red ball cricket domestically, but then occasionally they'll play a Test match. Would you like to play a Test match, or would you like to play it domestically? Definitely, definitely, because. Um, uh, I think so. Uh, being in a be on a on a pitch for for you know couple of hours, it will be improve your cricket. 
definitely. So I would love to take a test cap and uh, play the cricket. <laughs> yeah, and do you feel like you would need Red Bull domestic cricket to be ready for a test match? Uh, look, we have to look uh, three formats definitely, and we are looking up uh, to introduce uh, two two days games or three days game, and it is very important for the girls to you know understand the cricket very well and very closely. So I think so. It, it, it will be a good idea for for every country to have uh, two days uh, domestic cricket for in red ball. So it will improve and enhance the quality of the cricket. Yeah, so it sounds like the Pakistan domestic system is is getting really organized. And of course, we recently published a story about domestic contracts. Uh, th- there's a lot of professionalism happening. Um, could you talk to us about how important that has been and, and what it will mean for ladies to make an income of cricket? And look, definitely, uh, if we see uh, everyone is uh, want, actually everyone want to play cricket, but with this security, they actually interested in cricket and have uh, money for their diet and money for even for transportation and everything and for the goods and equipment. So definitely, it is a it is a security for for the Pakistani girls and definitely they will, uh, you know, move forward for the, the right direction as well. So we we'll give them a seventy four players domestic contracts and nineteen and main contracts. So it, I think so. We the cricket in Pakistan for the girls is going up. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. 74 contracts is is really, you know, it's much more than, than other countries I can think of. And and there's a lot of, it seems like there's a lot of welfare around the Pakistan team. Uh, I, want, I want to ask you about uh, the lady you've succeeded, Bisma, who we know, uh, Bisma Maruf has sometimes traveled with her young baby. You know, how does it make you feel to see that there's that care, that, that she can travel with, with her child? Obviously, I know not to the Asian Games, but you know, to other places and, and for the rest of you to see that you can be a mother and a professional sportswoman? Uh, see, um, uh, we already have, uh, we listen a lot that if you married, you cannot play cricket. But now I think so, it it, it is changed now because uh, PCV has uh, give that initiative to, to everyone that if you are married and you have kids and you can go with them. So it it is another help for, for us as well from PCB and definitely it should be like that because if someone is able to play cricket and someone is able to have that kid with that with with, with her, so why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I mean, it's uh, the the world is changing that way. Uh, Nida, you're 36 at the moment, so I, I have to ask you. You know, the next World Cup is two years away, 50 over World Cup, and there are quite a lot of T20 tournaments. Have you thought about how much longer you'd like to play for? And don't ask about my age, please. I'm not <laughs> counting on it. <laughs> uh, still, yeah, if I perform well and if I get like fit, so why not? If uh, I want to play one or more, one or two years more, but uh, it's still depend on my performances. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's definitely depends on my performance. Yeah, and I guess you'd also have certain things you really want to achieve with your team. Uh, ha- have you got things that you've put sort of put on a list, like, you know, we, we want to get to the knockouts of a World Cup, or, or what are the things that you really want to achieve going forward? Uh, definitely as a as an all-rounder and as a captain now, now my first target is to go go three or number f- number four or number three ranked team in, in, in the world. And uh, I have some short goals and some long goals. Long goals uh, I have already discussed, but the short-term goal is uh, go match by match and win the series or something like that. So I just wanted want to be number one as as an all-rounder. My my first goal and my other goal is 
So yeah, these are three, three, four goals that I think really need to to achieve that. Yeah, and amongst your team members, I mean, you, you mentioned some of your fast bowlers. Uh, we've spoken about some of your your young batters like Muniba Ali. There's so much talent in Pakistan. If you had to pick out some names for for you know who we can really look out for and who you think will will be a big thing on the international stage, who would you say? Uh, I would say uh, my every team member, each team member is uh, my top priority, and I give them confidence. And definitely, they they are going, uh, they are doing really well. And um, uh, yes, uh, we are uh, we now we are very we having very good combination and giving all confidence to them and just show their their skills and show their whatever they have and um, I just want to give. Um, that boost and that confidence uh, that you you are the only one in the in the team that you can go you can do very best so for me my all teammates are the same and i'm just giving give, giving the back yeah so so no names coming out of nida da there she's not giving us one but nida before we started this podcast you had uh, the asia cup on on your television set there in the background uh, so you're obviously a keen a keen scholar of the game as well um, is, is that one of the favorite things to do in your in your free time, or what does Nida Dar get up to when she's not watching the cricket? Uh, I uh, preferably uh, watch cricket. Uh, if even uh, if it's not live, I'll just watch videos of different batters and and you know and the bowlers, especially of spinners. So uh, yeah, my leisure time with the with the cricket and uh, with the movies on Netflix. So I enjoyed my time like that. <laughs> movies on Netflix. Any recommendations for our listeners? No, 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 no. Because there's a lot of movies in Netflix now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. Um, Nida, can you tell us a bit about, uh, you know, you, you mentioned four or five months off cricket, but some training camps and, and that sort of thing. What what has the, the training and the preparation been like? And uh, how, what has it been like working with a coaching staff over this period? Was it quite intense? Did you guys have a break? I know you yourself took some time off, but just what's been going on? Uh, look, we had uh, a domestic season for one month and uh, uh, the girls actually played uh, eight, ten matches there. And, and we have uh, small domestic camps as well. So uh, five days camps in Karachi, five days camps in Lahore. So we really enjoyed that. And uh, with a short period of time we we actually done very quality things and at that that was needed at that time and again yes after that we have 10 10 days rest as well and then we come up with other the camp so we are working on different areas and uh, definitely we are we have having now emerging team and under 19 team and pakistan team so we all are merged up to have the camp and then practice and i think so it will be boost to the confidence of the girls and um, they got experience from the uh, senior players and see and you know senior players have that uh, energy from the youngsters so i think so it will be it was a very good sessions and um, the camps and we had already uh, played the game against boys so i think we have really prepared very well and we are working on different areas and uh, definitely we we need a great combination for the next series and i, I guess we're working on it yeah you've spoken now twice about playing matches against boys and um women i speak to in other sports always say that that really uh, helps them with their skill. W- what does it do for cricketers, a young woman to play, or I mean, it doesn't have to be young woman, to play against boys, you know, what's the, what do you gain from that? I guess uh, by watching them, uh, you can improve and by playing against them, uh, you should just, um, I guess, fastly, how fast you play cricket against and aggressively, 
play against boys and definitely it will be, it, it will be a, another challenge to play against boys so i guess i want that thing in inside them and um, we we have we are having very good great challenges against boys and they really played really well well the girls actually showing the potential against them so i guess the we need that intent and that potential against everyone so i guess it will be a great help how often would you guys play them is it like a one off match or do you play them quite often uh we quite often play against boys and i just want that uh, challenging thing in the girls and that they put from it there and play against uh, play uh, against everyone so i just i just want that intent to show every time with the, uh, with everyone so yes um, it it will be a help for girls and uh, the, the young girls who are coming up they actually know the you know the how much the cricket is fast now and how much we need that intent and how much we need to play aggressively and try different shots or different things so i guess um, i'm happy with that yeah and your power hitter we were so impressed by young aisha nasim we know she's retired from international cricket but she was a magnus who could hit the ball really far is that the kind of strength building you want to see happening among the girls i mean are you looking for someone to clear the rope like that uh definitely every team has uh, three four power hitters now and uh, we're looking um uh, like like her and uh, you know she she was she had a very good career career great career as well and uh, still we have uh, young talents we we have an, another talent to put in uh, in the in the team and just uh have uh, show the potential but still um, i'm thinking to have four five more girls to um, come up in the team and hit the boundaries like that so uh, yes we have now we have uh, two three girls that actually um, hit the boundaries like me <laughs> that's it that that's exactly what uh, what people want to hear nida you play south africa uh, coming up at home it's it's the first time they've visited your country and i'm sure they're looking forward to seeing some of the sights of the field uh, if there's one thing you could show them what would it be I guess the culture of Pakistan definitely and the historical buildings of Karachi uh yes definitely we have a temples uh, we have a lot of uh, historical buildings here and uh, but uh, it's I think so uh, I I guess they will have one day to go out and visit uh, the how many things they they want to visit yes very very lucky them uh, Pakistan still a country I've not been to So I hope uh, I hope to be able to see you in your homeland one day and and Nida best of luck with um, your captaincy your 100th ODI that you didn't even know was your 100th ODI. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh, and the tournament's coming up. Thank you so much for for your time and for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's a great interview and uh yeah, so interesting to hear what she had to say there. Um Let's talk a little bit about South Africa. So Pakistan's opponents in that series, but also a lot of news coming out of there. Um now Laura Wolfhart has been named interim captain. She's uh sort of testing the waters to see if she uh can manage the job full time uh along with her her batting. Um but I guess um that's an interesting thing I want to ask you because I mean she she's such a high achiever i mean if you look at her as a person i mean she could sing a songwriter uh she could have become a doctor before she chose cricket um she's you know one of the leading players in the world so you know 
this is someone who uh, who is really good at everything they do by you know by the sounds of things and um but I'm just wondering you know how you see her as a captain I mean she is she comes across as I've met her a couple of times she comes across as very humble softly spoken she's only 24 but vastly experienced I mean do you do you think it is something that um that she's going to want to take on full time well when she was announced as the interim captain there were two thoughts going through my mind. The one was that I don't think South Africa had another choice, really, when Sinelis decided that she didn't want to continue in the job anymore. If you look around that experienced player group, really only Marizan Kapu who seems to be very, very hesitant to take on any kind of official leadership position, could have been an alternative. So it looked as though they had to go with the only choice they had. And then the second thing was, how is this going to affect her batting? Because she is the mainstay after the retirements of Lizelle Lee and Dane van Nikak, South Africa need a fit, firing Laura Wolfart in all formats if they're going to compete. So she's given us the answer to the first of those because she averaged 52 in the series. She was named player of the series and she did her bit to keep South Africa afloat. The really concerning thing is that the depth, and it's particularly depth in bowling, which of course is not her department, seems to be completely lacking. Shabnam Ismail has retired and it looks as though South Africa don't really have that one player who's going to come in and blast the opposition away or at least put a little bit of fear into them. So that's the kind of team that Laura Wolfart has now taken over. It's a team with a huge amount of behind-the-scenes issues going on. The senior players have written a letter to Cricket South Africa stating that they would like the coach Hilton Moraine to be replaced, not because they don't like him as a guy, but because he's been in the job for 11 years, which is really a very, very, very long time to maintain a job as an international coach. And because a lot of them have played in leagues around the world and been exposed to fresh changing ideas, which they don't feel Hilton Marin can provide anymore. I think we saw that in this T20 series because the batting lacked an aggression. It lacked the intent that we're seeing from the likes of India, Australia, England, and now even from Pakistan. So it really seems as though the players' desire to have change is well-founded. And Cricket South Africa have advertised the job, so change could come probably ahead of the tour to Australia next year. But for now, they've got to get through three one-day internationals in Pakistan, vitally important for qualification for the 2025 World Cup. Then they've got to come and play a really strong New Zealand side. We saw what they did in in Sri Lanka at home, and they've got to play three more one-day internationals against them, which also count towards that qualification And I do have slight concerns about whether South Africa are are going to leave themselves, much like the men did, kind of too little too late to qualify for the World Cup. And we could end up in a situation where they go to a qualifier if it comes to that. And all of that means that Laura Wolfart as captain is facing tremendous pressure. She said she'll take these two series to see if she enjoys captaincy. I think she's also taking them to see if there will be a change in coach. And if there is, maybe she'll decide to continue. We're seeing that she's doing pretty well. I suppose it's still early days. Uh, but if things remain the same, I think we could see women's cricket in South Africa in real crises. And, and Valks, you're sitting from the outside. You kind of saw the run to the final of the T20 World Cup. It looked like the most magnificent thing. I have a feeling people don't know how much was going on behind the scenes, but also that people don't know how Cricket South Africa have neglected the women's game for the last few months. So that World Cup final was in February. Basically, nothing's been done until just before they were about to leave for Pakistan. And I mean, just from your point of view, would you have suspected that that's kind of how things were being handled? Yeah, this comes down to, I think, uh, World Cup legacy. 
Um, and, you know, as you say, these are the, the finalists from the competition that they hosted and uh, it was all about, you know, what this is going to mean for women's cricket in the country, How, you know, haven't they done well to get here? But once you've done that and achieved that, there is, you know, an expectation that you kick on from there. And I guess we are seeing some things um, very recently, the six-team domestic system that's been introduced, the equal match fees, which um, England um, also followed up with um, a couple of days later, that announcement about a week ago. So, um and we are seeing some things there, but I guess those things also take time to have an effect. So, I, I mean, you can't fault them for, for introducing them and, and, you know, that that is a, a step. Um, and, and we've seen how quickly that has, you know, led to progress here in England with the revamp of the domestic structure. Um, and then, the, the um, as we mentioned, we'll, we'll wait and see with the, the equal match fees. But, you know, that that's a... Uh, you know, a key thing, but um, but yeah, I I guess it it raises the question, you know, what what will that tournament ultimately do for cricket in in the country? And I guess you know, you being on the ground, I mean, do you see more than than I can in terms of you know what's to come? Yeah, it's very important the legacy of that World Cup, and I'd like to just put it into some perspective because. The Cricket South Africa announcement of a professional league, which is really just professionalizing the league that already existed and giving players contracts, it's not creating a new structure, so to speak, has come against the backdrop of the South African Football Association, whose team reached the last 16 of the Women's World Cup, which is historic for South Africa. It's the first team, much like the women, the first senior team, men or women, to get to the knockout rounds of a Football World Cup. And that association not professionalizing their league. So, in fact, when Cricket South Africa announced the professionalization of the Women's League, the sports minister of the country took the opportunity to lambaste the Football Association for not doing the same thing and actually praised Cricket South Africa above and beyond, saying that Cricket South Africa are the only federation who's listened to what the sports ministry has asked, who's showing what they can do for women and who's following through on their actions. And so against that backdrop where you've got other sports in this country. We've also just hosted the Netball World Cup. Netball also not a professional sport in this country. It looks like cricket is a great success. And kind of realizing that actually cricket's doing a lot more, I think is quite important. But then you look at cricket and you put it against what people are doing elsewhere in the world, and it becomes a little bit like, oh, I wonder if cricket South Africa are doing enough. And that's just because India, Australia and England and New Zealand, of course, who've also been part of the equal match fees for a long time now, have been doing this for so much longer. So although Cricket South Africa are leading domestically, I think they're still quite a bit behind internationally. And my real concern is why nothing was done after the World Cup. You know, they had the entire winter, and it's been a quiet winter here in South Africa, to really sort things out from the coaching, management, and administrative perspective. One of the answers I got from Cricket South Africa a couple of weeks ago was that they just didn't advertise the coach's job because they weren't aware of when his contract ended. I mean, that's ludicrous. He's been in charge for 11 years. We've known every year when the contract's ending. So they have advertised that post now. They've also advertised for a head of women's cricket, which will be kind of like what Enoch Nkwe does as the director of cricket, and mostly for men, although he has been looking after both sections. And I think that could make some sort of difference. But the real thing we need to see happen is for players to come through the domestic system from the schools, from the academies, and to start playing regular cricket so that they can close that gap between what they can do and what the national team needs them to do. I think at the moment that gap is still too big. 
And I think the next few years could be really tough for South Africa as they look to replace and find uh, players who can put in the kinds of performances that Adane van Nikak put in, that Lizelle Lee put in. And we're seeing them now, not Dane because she's injured, but playing in the English domestic leagues, playing around the world. And we just know that we need to produce that caliber of cricketer. So hopefully that landscape will change. The next T20 World Cup is not that far away. And South Africa certainly have a lot of work to do in that department. But Valks, over on your side, England, some one-day games against Sri Lanka. And then what's next on the calendar for them? Um, so then we'll um, have a little bit of a break and then uh, trip to India toward the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, plenty more to still look forward to. We've enjoyed uh, unpacking what's going on at the moment for you. And thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to doing it all again soon on ESPNCrickInfo.com.